I'm directing your attention to the Gospel of Luke and looking at chapter 24, the last chapter in the Gospel of Luke. And we'll begin reading at verse 44. I want to give high, high honor to Pastor Sabolchi and the First Lady. We, we love and appreciate them so much. We had just a few minutes this afternoon. They've had a busy week, and we've been busy this week, so we had just a few minutes this afternoon to get together in fellowship, and immediately, like always, we were talking about the Word and talking so loud and laughing, people around looking at us like we've gone crazy. There's nothing like being with people that love the Word, and we love and appreciate them so much. I give honor to Brother Wilson and Lady Wilson as well. God bless you. We love all of you, and such a privilege to be with you. Thank you for the welcome basket and that little treat that you always remember from me, Sister Dory. That's, that is pretty cool, and uh, you've all made us welcome, and we do love and appreciate you. From Luke chapter 24, begin reading at verse 44. I want you to understand that this is after the crucifixion of Christ, after the burial of the Messiah, and after the resurrection of Jesus. And so here we find him showing himself alive, resurrected from the dead by many infallible proofs. And this is one of the first and the last things that he will say to them after his resurrection. Verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now understand that all that's Old Testament. Moses, that's the first five, the prophets, the law, the Psalms. He's talking about Old Testament. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. We all love this scripture because it leads us right into Acts 1. And Acts 2 where the Holy Ghost is poured out. But I'm looking at one verse that we probably don't look at a lot when we read this. And that's verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. We're living in a time... And the age that we are in, that we desperately need revelations. And we need the prophetic. And we need knowledge. And we need teaching of doctrine. This is how we find understanding. But we need to know how to move forward in this time. When the world's gone crazy. In this time when the future looks, as we discussed at lunch, bleak and awesome. 
Because we know where we are at end time. We, we need to understand to a greater degree than what we have really needed to understand in the past because of the time. Terrible great times calls for terrible and great measures. We, we absolutely need a dimension of understanding. So I'm preaching today, open our understanding. Open our understanding. God bless you. You may be seated. I think that we've looked at this verse 45 and just, at least I have, kind of glossed over it like Jesus began to explain to them the Old Testament and here's the scriptures and he let them see this prophecy was fulfilled here and that prophecy was fulfilled there. But there is something happening here more than just him explaining scriptures. They've heard the scriptures all their life. They're Jews raised with scriptures above their doorpost and around their ankles <laughs> Upon their foreheads, they know all of this of the Messiah. So I don't think that they are just hearing what they have heard before. I believe there is a supernatural operation that when it says he opened their understanding that it was a spiritual move to another dimension for their mind. And now the opportunity for revelation and for knowledge and for the prophetic and for the teaching of doctrine could be increased so that they could know where they are and what they should do. This is followed by the tremendous understanding of Christ going to Calvary's hill and burial and resurrection, bringing us the opportunity of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and in filling of the Holy Ghost. Understand this is a message that has never been preached before. But now he opens their understanding. And in a few short days, Simon Peter will stand up with the rest of the disciples and begin to declare, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Understanding, he has been opened unto understanding. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, the wisest king who has ever lived, the Bible said, gives us this understanding. Solomon writes, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all of thy getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. That means it is the first, it is the most important, it is the highest in authority, so you must have wisdom, get wisdom, and then also get understanding. These words, wisdom and understanding in the Hebrew, from their original root word, are very distinctive. Wisdom means mental acuity. It means the ability to gain knowledge. It's what you have within you that seeks after wisdom, your mental acuity, your ability to gain knowledge. But understanding from its original Hebrew word is quite different. It means to discern, to separate mentally, to distinguish, to perceive. And there is a great need for us to get the principal thing, wisdom, 
But just as much so, we must have understanding. For wisdom without understanding will not bring to us in this last day what we need to receive. Solomon is now sitting on the throne where his father David did reign. And because of the tremendous covenant that God made with David, Solomon reaches out to God and begins to say unto him, Give me this one request. And when God grants him this prayer or this request, Solomon asks for wisdom and knowledge that I might judge God's people. Because wisdom is the principal thing. Knowledge is wisdom and principle. And God grants this request for wisdom and for knowledge and says, because you have asked for that and not long life or health or riches, because you asked for wisdom and because you asked for knowledge to judge my people, I will also give you riches, wealth, honor like no king before you and like no king after you. Wisdom and knowledge are the principal thing. And when you pursue these, these other things naturally come. Riches and wealth and honor come also. When you give yourself to a certain pursuit of knowledge, when wisdom allows you to begin to gain and accrue knowledge, you become expert in that area. And what area you give yourself to benefits you according to what that area is, richly in that area, honorable in that area, etc. Unfortunately, it seems to me that Solomon forgot the proverb that he declared. Seeking wisdom and knowledge. But he forgot that with all of his getting, even riches, wealth, honor, that he doesn't seem to pursue understanding and discretion like he spoke that we should pursue. And as his life begins to move to later years, we find him pursuing other things. And even though he's a man of great wisdom and great knowledge, he now has idolatry in his life. He has much in his life that is causing problems with the kingdom and even problems in his own personal life. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is giving us instruction on the operation of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit in particular is what he has spoken in chapter 12. The operation of origin of the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 13 of love or compassion, or charity. Now in chapter 14, he begins to speak about the gift of tongues, diversities of tongues, and how it should properly operate by a single individual in their prayer time, or even within a church-style service. Much like we had, I believe it was Sunday, we had tongues go forth. Diversities of tongues operated in the service. A confirmment of diversity of tongues followed and then an interpretation of tongues where God used man to speak to us and give us direction to go forward. Very thankful for that. But in this instruction, Paul begins to tell us that he wishes everyone would speak in tongues. But then he says it's more important in a group like this 
that prophecy should happen. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But prophecy edifieth the church. So he wishes that all would speak in tongues. In verse 6 of chapter 14, he says, Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? Because this is what brings understanding. These are four dimensions that Paul is speaking to us about. How the church of the living God receives understanding. We receive understanding through revelation. We receive understanding through knowledge. We receive understanding through prophesying. We receive understanding through doctrine. Or that word doctrine means the teaching of doctrine. And these four things is the way that we receive understanding. It's so important for us in these last days to have understanding. So we need to pursue revelation so that we can understand the times that we are living in. We need the knowledge of God far above any knowledge of mankind in these last days. We have to have the prophetic word that speaks to us in partiality until the perfect it comes so that we have understanding and we must have understanding within the doctrine of the word of God in the synoptic gospels this is Matthew, Mark and Luke Jesus tells a parable about a sower and a seed and in general I think that we have looked at this parable just in generalities of the seed being the word of God, whether read or spoken, and that it must land on good soil or the soil being the hearts of mankind. But it's interesting to note that in all three of these parables, all three times this parable is spoken, that the ground where it's called wayside where hardened hearts are. That Jesus tells the parable by saying, where there's wayside ground, where there's hardened heart, the seeds are taken by the fowl of the air. Or the enemy of our soul, or Satan himself, steals away. And the reason why is because there is no understanding. All of these words, all of these seeds easily can be seen in the four dimensions that we've spoken about here with Paul in 1 Corinthians 14. A seed of revelation that has been spoken even from this pulpit many times this weekend. A prophetic that is operated within our services. Knowledge that has gone forth. Words and seeds that have been sown. And also doctrine that has been declared. All of these are seeds or words where understanding has the opportunity. But if understanding doesn't happen, the enemy comes even though there's revelation, even though there's the prophetic, even though there's knowledge, even though there is doctrine, the enemy steals away so nothing grows, nothing lives, nothing is produced. Multiple times we are given insights 
to where the disciples hear revelations, where they experience knowledge, where they hear the prophetic and operate in doctrine. And even for the disciples in the time of the Gospels, we'll see that there is very little understanding. And the fruit of that seed or that word does not come forth until their understanding is open. We find the triumphal entry. And as Jesus has got upon the back of that young colt, they began to line the streets where Jesus is riding, taking their coats off. They put it on the ground so that this colt will not step on the ground, giving high honor to Jesus in this triumphant entry. They have palm branches that they are waving as extensions of their own yada praise, their own arms, their own hands. And now palm branches reaching higher and further. They are shouting out, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hail, King of Israel. And this triumphant entry, the disciples are experiencing and they are in the middle of it and do not realize that this is a prophetic utterance that they have read many times from the book of Zechariah. Many times they've heard this and seen it prophesied and they're in the midst of it and don't realize what is going on. Zechariah 9 and 9 prophesies this. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, Behold, the king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding upon a young donkey. John 12 and 6, after this triumphal entry, we began to read these things, understood not his disciples at the first, but after Jesus was glorified or after the resurrection, and I would say perhaps after he opened their understanding, then they remembered that these things were written of him and it confirmed the revelation and it brought the knowledge and understanding was opened unto them of the time that they were living in of the prophecy that was being fulfilled of the king of Israel that had rode into Jerusalem like they had dreamed it would be Mary Magdalene and the other Mary how would you like to be the other Mary have grieved as Christ suffered on the cross Tears and wailing, no doubt, as they took that lifeless body down, put it in a borrowed tomb. The next couple of days, guarded by soldiers at the tomb, seems to be difficult or inappropriate or unable to do what these ladies want to do. And finally, after three days, they get together the Spices, the burial anointings, and the perfumes of myrrh. And there they will go to the grave and properly anoint his dead body. And when they get there, the grave is open. 
The stone is rolled away. They have no idea of the significance of what they are seeing. The scripture records that this is the way they say it. Two men in shiny clothing speak to them. You would think with the importance of all the understanding and the prophetic words that Jesus has over and over spoke to the disciples that they had realized the import of what they are going through. And yet they don't understand their testimony to Peter and John elicit a race. And here these young disciples run to see who first can be there. John arriving first, Simon Peter the tortoise, doesn't stop. You remember the story. <laughs> and they find only folded grave clothes. Again, the resurrection of Christ has happened. And even though he has prophesied it to them and spoken it to them, they don't know the significance of what has happened. Luke 23, verses 7 and 8. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and must be crucified and the third day rise again. But the discernment wasn't there no matter how many times he prophesied. They didn't realize the importance of what was going on. Even though they heard the prophecy, even though the revelation was there, the doctrine was there, the knowledge was there, they had to have their minds opened. Understanding had to be opened. John chapter 2, Jesus is cleansing the temple as the description of the chapter declares. And he begins to prophesy when those in the temple are asking him, what is the authority that you can make these changes in church? And Jesus said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll raise it up. Those that he was speaking to had no clue. But neither did the disciples. Forty and six years it took us to build this temple and you're going to raise it in one day. For the scripture tells us very specifically. John chapter 2 verse 22. After he was risen and I would say opened their understanding. Then they remembered that he had spoken to them Destroy this temple. And in three days in the grave, the stone will roll away. And victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Over and over he is telling them Christ must suffer. Over and over they know the prophecies of the Messiah as Isaiah echoes in their mind. He's a man that will be a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. We'll hide as it were our faces from him. He'll come into his own. His owner received him not. They hear it over and over as he would be a lamb led to the slaughter. A sheep before his ears is dumb and will not open his mouth. And yet revelation and prophecy and knowledge and doctrine and their understanding is unfruitful. Until resurrection happens and standing before them in our text, now he begins to open their understanding. And a church that's going to turn their world upside down that days before had no clue 
Oh, they heard the prophetic. They saw the revelation, the knowledge, the doctrine. They had no clue. But after he opened their understanding to understand the scripture. Now they began to operate as Christ in the world and turn their known world upside down. I'm telling you, we are in the last days and we experience revelation all the time. We are fat with knowledge. Doctrine is something that is deep within us and we have knowledge. But there is in these last days a must that has to happen to us. We have to have our understanding open. There is a unique thing that's happened, and I'm drawing close, that I have experienced. That scriptures that I have read in the book of Revelation, Daniel, prophecies I'm looking for of the end time, that I've read them before and studied them before and got partial, perhaps, knowledge and revelation. But now, because of where we are in time, there is an understanding reaching out to us and things that I never clearly saw are becoming more clear. Daniel prophesies of the end time, in particular in chapter 9 and verse 4. He sees the end time that we live in and he speaks of saints that will resurrect Wisdom will shine from their faces as brightness as the firmament. But when he is speaking about this, God says unto him, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. That there will come a time that everything that has been seen and spoken by the prophet Daniel concerning our time will be understood. Or revealed. Revelation, John is opening or seeing the seals of heaven open and great devastation upon the earth and powerful miracles for the church. And then there are seven thunders that utter great knowledge. <laughs> and God tells the revelator, seal up their utterance. Don't write down what you heard the seven thunders of knowledge or declare and save it for a time of the end. So we are being pressed by the Spirit that there is a need in these last days to move into a place of understanding in revelation, knowledge, prophecy, and doctrine. And I feel the Spirit calling us to stand before Him so that he might open our understanding. This has principle within the word of God. Elisha's young man or servant goes up and looks out at the surrounding hills of the city. And there is armies. Enemy has compassed against the city. Horses, chariots, and a great army. He is concerned and he is worried for what he sees. But Elisha doesn't seem to be as concerned. But he prays this prayer for the young man. The prophet prays for the Lord 
Open his eyes. Open his understanding. So that he might see and understand what previously he could not. That the revelation that has come, that the knowledge that is there might move to a place of understanding to equip us for where we are. This is the cry that is everywhere throughout the scripture. People have eyes to see but don't see. Ears to hear but don't hear. They have a heart but there is no understanding supernaturally in this place today fresh anointed in my spirit I feel driven by the Holy Ghost to invite individuals in this place to have their eyes opened and their understanding opened and what has been shut up and what has been closed because it wasn't the right time and the right place. Now the ears that you have been giving, he'll open them. Now the eyes that you have, he will open them. Now the understanding of your heart, he will now open your understanding. Would you stand with me today? I've been privy through the years to be in church services where prophecy, the prophetic has operated. And many times, even being the servant of God, moved on with the prophetic, prophetic and speaking to a church or speaking to individuals. And it's interesting that sometimes, even after a prophetic word, people will stand in line. I heard what was spoken, but I don't understand. I know what was declared to the church, but what's that mean? I heard the knowledge that was preached, the revelation that was declared, the prophetic, the doctrine, but understanding. But there is a flow in the Spirit that is calling us to places that the prophecy that's in part will become perfect. That the knowledge that is declared will become perfect. That the revelation it just opened our understanding. Minister of the gospel, have you wondered about your prophecy? Church of the living God, have you been a little iffy about your revelation? Have you been a little insecure about your doctrine?
even the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing the prophecies, could quote them from the time they were children, see it coming to pass, and don't realize what's happening until the time after the resurrection when all of a sudden he opened their understanding and now they remember. Now they see. Now they know. Father, I pray upon every individual in this place that the eyes of our understanding would be opened so that we truly see how close we are. Don't let us guess anymore around tables about how close are we to the end time. Remove the scales and let us see. Don't hide from your people as we are hungry for the revelation and the knowledge. Let us see how the gifts of healing will operate more purely. Let let us see how the operation of the gifts of the Spirit would flow more perfectly. Don't don't hide from us. Don't keep it from us. We've been in the dark seeing the revelation and operating in it, but let the operation of understanding open. Open. If I'm preaching to you today, would you make your way down to this altar and begin to intercede in the Spirit? I want you to birth in the Spirit, travail in the Spirit, and bring forth the opening of the understanding that our Father wants to give to us today.